Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Delia and I am your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Podcast, we will be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We will be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Motherhood can be so consuming for a person in that it requires almost 110% of you. When life seems to be caught up in an endless cycle of diaper changing, food preparation and interrupted sleep, do you find yourself asking and yearning for life more than this? How do mothers balance their own personal dreams and growth with their family's needs? Today we will hear from Tam Waitia, a mother of two, a humanitarian doctor, author of four picture books and founder of Kitesong Global, as she shares her journey into motherhood and beyond. Welcome to the Parent Podcast, Waitia, and thanks for joining us today. A few weeks Hi, ago, Dina. we hosted your husband, Cleve, who shared with us about his identity as a father. So it's really apt that you have you with us today. And would you like to start us off by introducing yourself and your family? Sure. Thank you so much, Delia. I think you've made a very uh, holistic introduction of myself in terms of what I do and what I'm involved in. I'm married to Cliff. He has introduced himself before, but he's a cancer survivor as well as a transplant recipient. And then he went on to do uh, an Ironman triathlon after that. Uh, he's also Canadian, so we're in a cross-cultural marriage. And we together we have two little toddlers, two daughters, aged five and three. And right now we're in a season where I have scaled back from work to do part-time work because I'm heavily involved in the non-profit sector as well as in church kind of ministry-related activities. And also Cliff is in a stay-at-home dad season. So it's very unusual that four of us are currently on a single part-time income and we are constantly just re-evaluating uh, our priorities, our um, the different things that we're doing and also also in discussions about possibly relocating to a humanitarian context to serve together as a family. So that's our lives in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, you know, as a fellow mom, I can really relate to the whole notion that we just need to ebb and flow with the different seasons mm -hmm. of our family so needs. Another thought I had was really that everyone have different set of contexts and factors to sort of manoeuvre around and navigate yes. making decisions. Yeah. So in light of how in our current context with aspirations mm -hmm. of mothers changing over the years, um, also, yeah. you know, with the whole flexibility of work and actually work in different environments as well. Yes. So mothers can actually try to juggle a meaningful career while actively caring for their children. But at the right. same time, it requires a lot of adjustments. From your point of view, you know, how okay. did you envision your life as a mom would be and how different or similar did it turn out for you? To be very honest with you, I never thought or wanted to become a mom. I think I grew up in just a very different kind of household and had very driven kind of aspirations, wanting to become a surgeon and a general surgeon at that, where the hours were very brutal and it would become increasingly brutal as the years go by. And so having the idea of becoming a mom 
um, stay-at-home mom first and then homeschooling was entirely foreign to me. So when I actually stumbled into that, it was actually very challenging and difficult. I struggled with antipartum depression for my second child uh, while raising a toddler and a newborn. And we were also in a different country at the time. I was doing my further studies in the States. Then we moved back to Canada for a year before and after my studies so that we could be with my husband's family. And so all those different changes put me in a season where I was unexpectedly thrown into the deep end. I never envisioned myself being a full-time stay-at-home mom. No one ever taught me uh, about all the different things that I had to anticipate or expect or maneuver. And when people make comments like, oh, so what do you do all day? Is that all you do? You know, it can be very triggering at times, especially when you come up from such a driven kind of a background or the way you've been brought up is to you know, produce and to do. And so I think that was a very challenging season of my life, so to speak. Likewise, I was just reflecting on how many times we are brought up with the notion that our value is attached to what we can produce, yes. like the worth of who we are as an individual, as a person. Absolutely. Beyond yeah. just being a wife and mom, you know, just as a person mm-hmm. itself, you share that your husband has really played a pivotal role in yeah. making all these things work. So how does your husband help you in discovering your identity and journeying with you through all these things? I must say that Cliff, he's really a gem of a husband. I'm very grateful for him. I think during the early years when, you know, life was just diaper changing and wiping poop and spit off the floor while he was in very active kind of work, uh, it was hard on me. And I'm just grateful that he really tried to empathize. Although at that time, he was also going through a very difficult and in fact toxic work environment. So that was quite a challenging part of our marriage. But nonetheless, you know, after coming out of that and me needing to return back to Singapore to complete my full-time contract as a doctor for the remaining years, he really was the one who stepped up to the plate and said, you know, if you are going back to work full-time, which you need to, because you need to pay off your bond, it's important that I step in to be more hands-on with the family. And I think the extent to which he did so really surprised me. I never expected him to offer to be a full-time stay-at-home dad. And I think that to me was, it really caught me by surprise because I grew up in a family where a lot of caregiving is outsourced to domestic helpers or daycare or childcare. And so for me to hear this from him, it really caught me off guard. And actually for a while, I was, I, I, I was like, is this for real? Like, how, how do we do this? I, I don't know how to do this, you know? <laughs> it, it was just very new for us. So for that, I'm grateful for him. Mm. Like, trying this out. Like, I mean, it's not like he knew what, what a stay-at-home dad would entail. <laughs> I think it's also recognising that your family is so unique, right? Like, I guess maybe Cliff is brought up in a culture where it's common to raise the children within the home. And I think we're also recognising that different families would make different decisions through their different seasons and Absolutely. whether it's being a stay-home mom, having a decision to make a, have a stay-home dad or even choosing to forego certain dreams and careers so that we can be at home for a season yeah. does not make us less of a woman or as a person but it's Absolutely. in recognising that we make certain decisions based on our values and also yes. um, the needs of our children and also yes. our household. I can't fathom like how many changes y'all went through in such a short span of time. Yes. Hearing you share so vulnerably about the challenges you faced mm-hmm. and I would really like to find out if you're willing to share like yeah. what were some of the big challenges you faced through these changes and seasons. I think one of the most challenging things I had to learn to accept was not 
being so hard on myself and judging myself based on a single season or a single moment. So for example, when I went through the stay-at-home mom season when I was overseas, it was very tempting to blame myself, to say that my first child, she had extremely severe, chronic, you know, almost untreatable kind of eczema. And then I blame myself, you know, this is my only job. I am only a stay-at-home mom. I would say things to myself like that. I would label myself, I'm so-called, I'm only a stay-at-home mom, even though it's, to me, one of the hardest things to do in the world. And because my first one had so-called this untreatable eczema that was so bad and severe, uh, I blamed myself. I said that that's my fault and I can't even do this simple job right. And that was one of the challenges that I faced in terms of uh, judging myself based on a single moment or a single season. And so looking back right now, when I went into the full-time mom season, you know, working and trying to juggle work and still trying to co-homeschool with Cliff as a stay-at-home dad, I was trying to figure out how do I make this actually work? Because on one hand, I feel judged by other people that how come my husband is more present at home than me? And on the other hand, at work, sometimes I would face comments like, oh, so you're married to a house husband. Really? Seriously? Is that like a real job? <laughs> and facing these kinds of comments, I think, were very scathing for me. I had no idea what I was going into. And because it was so new for us, um, there was a lot of processing that we had to do. So looking back right now, I think one of the greatest things I value and I cherish is being given the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? It's okay to go through these seasons. Like what you said really struck me, the ebbs and flows of life. It's important to understand that we cannot judge ourselves based on a single season or a single moment, but rather it's really accepting ourselves for who we are and what we're going through for that season. One thing that I get a lot from women for my social media or, you know, when people write to me on email is they say, like, how do you do it all? And I really want to debunk this myth because no one can really do it all. And if you look at my life, like, there were seasons, there were years where I was totally not speaking, not preaching at church, not out there in any way, not featured in any interviews, just being a stay-at-home mom. And then for another season, I was constantly getting speaking invites and going on this adrenaline high of being very uh, visible in the public sphere and if you put those two together you, you might think that oh how can it be the same person but I think what it taught me was that we all go through seasons and it's really really important to embrace ourselves our weaknesses our strengths our brokenness in every season because if not we become very hard on ourselves and I think as women we, we are all very hard on ourselves right <laughs> yeah and one thing that struck me in your sharing also is that sometimes or more often than not, as individuals, yeah. we are so stricken by what other people might think about my decision. Yes. And it's also subconsciously, I would be the first to admit also, seeking yeah. acceptance and approval of so the people true. who I care about. You yeah. know, whether it's my own family, my yes. closest friends. And Absolutely. Like, that, that was one of, to me, one of the big challenges because I would yeah. feel like, hey, I'm, I'm choosing a path that maybe no one really understands, but at the same time, this is where I feel I'm led towards. And I think I've also gone through a season where I'm trying to figure out, do I really need to make everyone understand? But at the same time, this is what my family needs for, of me. Yeah, so that right. was one part. And then another part yeah. is also difficult to sort of shake off the whole idea that even though I know I shouldn't let what other people say about me influence my own decisions, but right. it's hard to, in a sense, do that. Right. Because we are living in a context where there are people around us. So I know that it's not definitive of who I am. But at the same time, those matter to me because I do seek their counsel, right? And sometimes yes. if I don't uh, go in accordance to what they have advised, then it's a bit like, okay. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I totally understand. 
<laughs> yeah. Delia, as you were sharing, it just struck me. I, I fully resonate with what you share. And as you were sharing, a couple of pointers came to my mind. And one is really setting healthy boundaries. This was something I learned the hard way. I read the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud like maybe two or three times. And still, I find so much to glean from it. But, you know, as mothers, I think sometimes we let our in-laws or our parents or our friends kind of affect how we parent and I think I I resonated so much with what you shared because when we didn't choose to have a confinement nanny or when we didn't have um, a domestic helper or when I chose a home birth even you know people said things like oh you're crazy how can you do something like that you know and I guess at the end of the day it's like exactly like what you shared Um, I loved the word that you shared values it's about finding out what we value and anchoring our self-worth our identity our confidence in those values that we have embraced because even up to now, when people find out that we have homeschooled our children before sending them to kindergarten, sometimes they would say, how could you do that? Because then your children don't get to socialise. But in our context, it's very different because we move a lot and we really wanted them to have a foundation where we believed that a very strong, close attachment to us in their early years was really important. And so like exactly like what you said, Every family is so unique, it's so different. We can't let other people dictate how we choose to raise our families. Yeah, but I think, you know, our journey is coming to terms to accept that because just like you, I also face the same thing, right? Like, oh man, someone said this, wipe my tears off before I go to sleep, right? I mean, for myself, I understood my journey mm. and uh, as a mom, it's really about discovering what is important for us, yeah. both husband and wife, and knowing that, because I think in my context, I discovered that me growing as a parent in itself yeah. is such a deepening of my character. It's just such a refining work for myself that I discovered I needed a space to also yeah. grow as a person and loading a lot on myself would actually sort of shortchange my growth as well. Coming back to this topic about, you know, um, reclaiming our identity beyond motherhood, I realised that there are so many facets of who we are as a woman. And being a wife, being a mom is just some of these facets, but actually we start off as a, a person, right? As a whole person. Yeah, and, right. and I really wanted to hear from you also, you know, how do you find yourself growing as a person, um, whether stronger wow. and more ready to, to serve your family, starting mm-hmm. from who you are? I love what you shared, Delia. I, f- I feel like um, whatever that you just shared is so rich because the couple of words that I picked up was this sense of ebb and flow. And we talked about embracing the seasons, which is really, really important and key because I think it's so true what you said, that as a mother, we go through these different uh, experiences that make us a better person. So for example, I think we underestimate um, this whole concept of rest and embracing the solitude the rest, the mundane routine that motherhood sometimes offers in terms of the everyday drudgery of work. And when we compare this to a very high-flying kind of prestigious or public role, it seems very discouraging and very despondent. But I think as we look back, so many of us who've gone through those painful, difficult trials of motherhood, I think we can all say that going through those seasons have helped us learn to stay humble, in that every time I get an award or get an interview or get some sort of publicity, it's so funny that I always, always remember the times where I was hidden and when I was uh, struggling with the darkness, going for support groups and wondering if I would ever come out of this black hole of postpartum depression. And it keeps me grounded, it keeps me humble to know that we are all human beings and none of us are excluded 
from the different kinds of experiences that we go through in life, I think it's so important to embrace exactly what you said about the multifacetedness of our beings and not identifying ourselves only by our work. Because it is through embracing those difficult times that we have been through as a mother that we see ourselves and others holistically and learn to love people in a way that I think we could never empathize with them had we not gone through those difficult moments. Don't you agree? Yeah, so much. I think one, one of the things I've also picked up from your sharing is being patient with growth. I think in our society, sometimes we really expect to see results uh, yeah. in a very short span of time. But I think in being refined in our character and just journeying through our family life, growth really needs time yes. and lots of patience. And sometimes yes. it requires us to see some failures, in a sense, setbacks, disappointments. Yeah, it's so true. And we may never, in a sense, reap the fruits in our lifetime maybe but just trusting the process that um, whatever that we are sowing right now in these seasons that we go through are worth it yeah it really brings a tear to my eyes too because I think it's something that I'm also grappling with um, this season so before we wrap up this episode just thought if you know if you have any encouragement for fellow mums and out there listening to this episode I think as you were sharing, my heart really resonates and empathizes because I think motherhood is a season of, of surrendering and dying to self. It's dying to a lot of our personal dreams. Like for Christmas, I've always envisioned spending time with family and going to Christmas fairs and doing fun things. But when you have kids, it's very funny. Like your whole schedule is like not about you anymore. It's all about the child and their needs. And it can feel very, very humbling, very painful, very, very difficult. And yet, it is through this dying to ourselves that I think there is a beautiful rebirth process that we can look forward to because if I could give any encouragement to mothers who are struggling this season it would be that life is in seasons and you know when I was going through depression uh, overseas it was during winter and it was very depressing because it was grey and dreary all the time every day but one thing I took out was that even though all the trees were barren and it was just so stark and ugly, I was always reminded that it is in winter when it is so dry that the tree roots are driven deeper into the ground. And it's during the winter season when the roots are driven more and more deeply that the tree itself is strengthened. And during spring, that is when, when the water comes, when the rains come again, that these newly deeply set roots can really absorb the water and grow again. But had it not gone through winter, these roots would never have been driven so deeply. And so I want to encourage all the mothers out there who are going through difficult seasons that if you're going through a winter season, know this, that your roots are just being developed more deeply. And even though there are no fruits, no leaves, no flowers whatsoever to show for on the surface, know that this is a season of surrendering, of consecration, of um, crucifying yourself, you know, driving your roots more deeply, knowing that spring will eventually come again. And so if you look at my life and you say, oh my gosh, like she's, she's doing a lot of things now. Uh, what does she know about being a stay-at-home mom? I have been through that season and I hope that it will encourage you that that season does come to an end. Eventually, your children will grow. Eventually, they will need you less. <laughs> Eventually, the old dreams that you had put aside and shelved for a long time, you can slowly pick them up again. 
And I think that was what happened for me. Like in my first year, I shared with my husband, I said, I'm very sad that this book that I've been trying to write for like five or six or seven years, I like practically will not be able to touch it anymore because we have a newborn and then we have another newborn. And I'm like, when is this going to end, right? But I realized that when my children eventually went to kindergarten, it was funny, it was unexpected that there were opportunities, pockets of time for me to start writing again. My husband, even he himself was the one who gave me the kick in the back and said, there's COVID now, you better go back to the front lines. I don't know what it means for me, but you better go, you know? And how that opened opportunities for deployment overseas, which again was his encouragement. And so when I look back, I realised that those days felt really, really long in winter when I had to, you know, only surround my life between breastfeeding and changing diapers. But as they say, the days are long, but the years are really short. And eventually our lives do pick up again. And now that my child is five and three, I just finished the, the first draft of my manuscript of my first adult Christian book. And so it gives me a reminder that our seasons are for a reason. And the book was delayed and is now so much richer in depth, really precisely because of that winter dark season that I've been through. And so to mothers, I just really want to encourage you that none of those days that you've spent in hidden drudgery are ever wasted. They grow and they sow something that's invisible, that's inside your spirit. But eventually, when those roots come to the surface and draw the water and the nutrients from the ground, it buffs into leaves and flowers and fruits that shelter not only your children, but a community to come. I hope this encourages mothers to know that you are trees, you are trees in your community that give life and shelter to all around you. But it's about the season. As long as you embrace your season, you'll be encouraged that you are loved and you are cherished and the value of a tree never decreases because nobody is going to scold the tree for not bearing fruit in winter, you know? Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Uh, spring will come. We will see brighter days Absolutely. and greener leaves. <laughs> and when that time comes, I think it's really about also celebrating the growth of the tree. I really I... appreciate you, Maitya, for just being so vulnerable and sharing so hard, in such a heartfelt manner your reflections and your journey with us. To all our listeners, thank you for listening in to this episode and we hope that you have gained some tips and have been inspired in your own journey. To find out more on parenting resources, do check out our website at family.org.sg or follow us on Facebook on focusonafamily.sg and Instagram, thrivingfamilysg. We hope you can share this podcast with a friend or parents who may benefit from this episode as well. Be sure to catch us on our next Paranet podcast. Until next time, have a great week with your family.